0: You're listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast. Let's join in for this week's message. How's everybody doing? Good. Are you happy to be here? Yeah, All right. Yes. Sir. Man, y'all are a good-looking bunch. <laughs> Friday night. Bunch. That 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 was weak right there. Y'all are a good-looking <laughs> bunch now. Now now we do believe in faith here, right? So that's. Uh, My name's Trey. If I haven't got to meet you yet, I would uh, enjoy getting to say hi. My my son, Hayes, is here with me. He'll be out at the book table whenever we're done. We've got uh, teaching CDs and a few books I've written. Uh, The magazine's out there. The magazine's for free. You know, I always say you're going to read something on the toilet anyway, so might might as well be some good stuff. (laughs) And... uh, there's uh, in the magazine, you can find out everything that we're doing around the world. We're getting to reach around 500 million people a week right now through the different television outreaches and stuff that we're on. And I'm just very thankful for that. Like pastor said, you know, I do a lot of leadership development in the corporate world. I was just, uh, last week I was in California, went in and taught leadership to a corporation out there, then preached at a church at night, and then the next morning got on a plane and flew to North Carolina and did a roping clinic during the day and preached in the evening and preached Sunday, <laughs> and flew to Colorado, and then I got home for a day or two, and then I was a four-day revival in Oklahoma, then Colorado again, then Montana, and I just got back in last night, and uh, my son helped me drive so I could study and prepare. And, <laughs> uh, so it's a privilege to get to, to share the goodness of God. You know, those of you in, in ministry and everything, you know, I, I've been in the ministry now, I guess, uh, 25 years, 24, 25. I had hair when I started. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I pastored churches for almost nine years. I traveled minister and rodeo professionally before, and then I pastored churches and started several different churches. And then I've been traveling for the past, I guess, 12 years again. Um, and, and I laid my rope roping down right after I won the Rookie of the Year in the, in the PRCA the very next year. I was at Salinas, California at the Slack. And I was spending time with the Lord. And I just had this open eye vision where the Lord was just putting bread in my mouth. And, and I'd sit there and I'd chew on it. And He'd stick another piece of bread in my mouth. And then He stood up. And then out of respect, you know, I, I stood up. And He'd come around and he put another piece of bread in my mouth. And He patted me on the back. And He says, now, Trey, go feed my sheep. And I was like, "Yeah, right, Lord." You probably never argued with the Lord, but I was arguing. You know, I was like, "Yeah, right, Lord." I'm not a pastor, you know. And uh, but I went home and sought the Lord, and and I knew that that's what the Lord wanted me to do. And so I laid my rope and down. First time in my life, I never had uh, trucks, trailers, horses. I mean, I sowed as seed for wisdom to lead God people coming in and going out. And uh, and it was oh, I didn't get on a horse for almost well over a year. And that was the first time in my life since I was a fetus. I mean, my dad used to put me in a bucket, you know, with pillows and stuff. I wouldn't recommend this, but that's what he would do, you know, and tie me to the saddle horn while he would check goats and sheep and cows and everything else, you know. And, and so in 2010, I, went, I was pastoring a church in Midland. I was overseeing three different non-denominational churches at the time. And the Lord started talking to me about traveling and ministering again. And, and I had no idea um, I'd be doing what I'm doing now around the world and so this is not a game to me yeah. you know ever since I've given my life to the Lord and I was 20 years old I was in an upside down horse trailer you know a few weeks before that I'd, I'd quit college and everything made a bunch of dumb decisions and I thought I was going to be my own man and you know and I know any of you guys you ever done that before you didn't and my parents did a great job they said, you know Trey we love you but we're not going to finance the decisions that you're making and so I was living with a girl uh, out of wedlock, which in today's society, you've got to clarify that. That's not right. Um, and uh, I went home one weekend. My parents said, you're always welcome here. We're just not going to finance anything. And so I went home, and um, my dad, as I was leaving, he'd come running out the back door, tears running down his face. And he says, "Tray, the Lord, show me you're going to die if you don't get your life right. And I was like, yeah, right, Dad, you know, whatever. And, and, and so I went on living the life that I was living. And about two weeks later, I woke up. I was driving, and I was running 70 miles an hour down a four-lane highway, two going this way, two going this way, and the guy I was roping with and the girl I was living with at the time was in the back seat, and I woke up, and I was running 70 miles an hour down the median, and so I I, I went to pull the truck back over onto the highway, and I saw I wasn't going to make it because there's a big water culvert right up ahead of me, so I pulled the truck back over in the middle, and I I hit it perfectly with the truck. The concrete slab's going up. So we hit it perfect with the truck, but that trailer hit it right on running 70 miles an hour. And, of course, it just ripped the trailer apart from the truck. And, of course, we're going slow motion. If you've ever been in a wreck, you know, things are just flying around, but they're going slow motion. I'm just watching that trailer go end over end, over end, over end. And we ended up in a pasture way away from the trailer. And when I realized I wasn't dead and the people I was with wasn't dead, I just took off running towards the horse trailer because the horses were just pawing and kicking. And, but the trailer was like a ball of tin. Couldn't get any of the doors open or anything. And by this time, people pulled over and called 911. They would waiting for the jaws of life. But I found one of the escape doors open up top of one of the windows. And I crawled down in there. And I never will forget it as long as I live. I'm petting the horses because there's just blood all over the inside of this. And I remember my dad. And I knew God had nothing to do with the wreck. But I knew he had everything to do with sparing my life that That's night. Good. And so in that horse trailer, I, just, I was 20 years old, and I just told the Lord, I said, I, I, said, I, I want to know you. Thank God my parents had taken me to church enough that I knew I needed to call on the name of Jesus, and I did. I just asked Him to come into my heart be my Lord and Savior that night. And from that night, I made a decision. I just I wanted to know Him, and if I saw something in His Word, I was going to do it. And so I went back, I didn't know any different, went back to that same environment, and just by putting Him first, I found Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, everything else will be added unto you. I needed everything else added unto me. <laughs> and so I just started getting up in the morning, that was 27 years ago, and I started putting Him first, putting Him first, putting Him first, and still to this day, that's what I do, I get up in the morning, I put Him first. That's good. The Lord started orchestrating stuff, and uh, just a few weeks after that, um, he, he connected me with some other ropers, I just kind of summarize it here. Long story short, probably three months after I'd given my life to the Lord and I'd moved out of that place, the FBI came in and busted the people I lived with with four and a half tons of drugs. Some of them have died in prison. Some of them are still in prison. Um, And so when I say this isn't a game to me, I never thought, you know, I think I'd like to be a preacher. You know, I can still just see the guys asking me, you know, what do you think you want to do whenever you get older? (sighs) I don't know. I might like to help some people. See that was that was the real me talking, that wasn't the unsaved me talking. That was the real me talking, and so the thing uh, that I I believe the Lord is wanting us to get into tonight, I believe it's a game changer. I believe it is a game changer. And but before I do that, would y'all give your pastors a hand clap? Don't they do such a great job? Pastor Wendy, Pastor David, thank you so much. I wish uh, my lovely wife Heather was here with me. Her and my daughter had to stay home. Uh, Chloe, my old, oldest daughter, is at college. And so they I know she would like to be here and everything. And, and just the staff, the worship team, the helps ministry, would you all give them a hand clap? Man, it takes a lot of people to do what's taking place here. And so please don't take it lightly. Please tell them thank you. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for being faithful. Thank you for allowing God to use your gifts and to love on people and to create an environment for us to hear the voice of God. So are you ready to get into God's Word tonight? If you have your Bible, go ahead and turn with me to Luke chapter 19. Say, I'm glad I came. came. Now I'm going to do my best to hear the Lord tonight and you're believing God with me, right? You're believing God with me, right? (laughs) You, you know it's not only up to the ministers what comes out. It's, it's, up, it's up to you as well. And, and the men and women that are going to stand up here over the next few days, you know they've prayed. You know they're studied up. You know they're ready. But come expecting to hear the voice of God. Let's don't just come to church on the way to, to dinner. Don't come to church just to check a box off thinking, okay, I feel better about myself now. No, no, we're, we're here in the house of God to grow, to develop, to become everything God's called and created us to be. And God is wanting to do a work on the inside of each and every one of us tonight. Not tomorrow, tonight. He's going to build on tomorrow. He's going to build on the next day, but tonight. And part of the conference theme is, is Occupy. Luke 19, verses 11 through 13 in the New King James. It says, Now as they heard these things, he spoke another parable because he was near Jerusalem and because they thought the kingdom of God would appear immediately. Therefore he said a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. So he called ten of his servants, delivered to them ten minas, and said to them, or talents or money, however you want to look at it there, do business till I come. Now in the King James it says, occupy until I come. Now I want us to think about when we when we read God's word, 2 Corinthians 13, verse 5 says it's important that we examine our own faith to make sure our faith is producing. So it's good for us to ask ourselves, how am I doing? Let's just practice that. How am I doing? Everybody put your finger up right here. And who do I need to examine? (laughs) Right here. See, that's good for us. Say it again. How am I doing? He says, Occupy until I come. Occupy doesn't mean to pop a squat and do nothing. That's right. Occupy means to advance and hold. That I'm going to use my gifts, I'm going to use my calling, I'm going to use my assignment to advance the kingdom of God and to hold. Say it advance and hold. Occupy till I come. I'm going to use everything I have to occupy till He comes. I'm going to use everything I have to advance the kingdom of God and shrink the kingdom of darkness. I'm going to advance and I'm going to hold. I'm going to take the keys of the kingdom that God Himself has given me and I'm going to go into the kingdom of darkness and I'm going to set the captives free. I'm going to advance and then I'm going to hold the ground. And then I'm going to advance some more and then I'm going to hold the ground. We're going to occupy until He comes. Say it, occupy Till it comes. Now, the thing I've been hearing in my spirit over the last couple of weeks is that God wants you and I to walk in continual restoration. Continual restoration. Say it, continual, continual restoration. Now, when you look at the word continual, continual means frequent recurring. It means always happening. It means without interruption. Hmm. Restoration, you know, when you look at it, 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 it means to, to put it back in its original position. Like in my Bible, were here and it were to fall down here and God is going to restore my life. He would bring me back to my original position of relationship, dominion, and authority. Yeah. But when God gets involved, He never brings it back just to the original. He always multiplies it, increases it, and makes it better. So when God is saying, I'm wanting my people to walk in continual restoration, He says, I want this to get to a point where it is happening all the time. There's no interruptions. It's frequently recurring. He says, and when I do it, I'm not just going to bring them back to what I originally created them to be. It's going to be better. It's going to be multiplied. It's going to be increased. And it's going to be improved. Continual restoration. Where even while you're sleeping, God is multiplying, increasing, improving every area of your life. Not just one area of your life, but every area of your life. Continual restoration. Say it. Continual restoration. Isaiah 42, verse 9. He says, Behold, the former things have come to pass, and new things I now declare. Before they spring forth, i tell you of them. Behold, the former things have come to pass. Pause. Can any person in here change anything you have gone through in the past? The former things have come to pass. Pause. See, the thing about our past is that God wants us to take the seeds of our past, the wisdoms, the wins, the victories, the seeds of our past, plant it in our present to produce a different future for each and every one of us. So taking the seeds of my past making my past pay for my future by taking the wisdom, the praise. See, I might not have learned how to praise the way that I praise or I might not have learned how to pray the way that I pray or I might not have learned how to go after God the way I go after God. If I wouldn't have taken don't don't discount what God revealed to you whenever you were hurting and crying and full of fear and full of pain and full of hurt, take your seeds from your past and plant it in your present to produce a harvest that looks better than anything you've ever seen before. And God is saying, new things I now declare. The former things have come to pass. New things I now declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. God always announces what He's going to do before He does it. John 16, verse 13, However, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth, for He will not speak on His own authority. Whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will tell you things to come. He will tell you things to come. He will tell you things to come. What is He telling us that is coming? Continual restoration. Frequent recurring. Without interruption. Always happening. Multiplying. Increasing. Making it better. Every single area of our life. Say it, continual restoration is mine. Luke chapter 5, verse 17, continual restoration. Now, as I'm saying that, I want you to start letting your mind, start letting your spirit man receive what God is saying. What does that look like in your life? Because we've got to see it in here before we ever experience it out here. What does continual restoration look like financially, physically, spiritually, mentally, soulishly, emotionally, in every area of your life? Continual, what is God saying? The Holy Spirit is declaring. You didn't see it, but then now you do say it. What, what is that that He's declaring? Continual restoration for God's people. Luke chapter 5, verse 17. You know this story. Let me get over here. Now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea and Jerusalem, or Dayton, Houston, and Liberty. (laughs) And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Verse 18 Then behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed whom they sought to bring in and they lay before him verse 19 and when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd they went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling into the midst before Jesus now now think about this it's just like right now what is God saying that continual restoration is our Jesus showed up and he was teaching and it says the power of the Lord was present to heal each and every individual but did every individual receive from the Lord and the answer is no but you have these people that were of a different breed. You have these friends who brought their buddy in on the stretcher and they couldn't get in because, notice this phrase, because of the crowd. What area of my life am I stopped because of the crowd? Is my thinking capped Because I'm thinking like the crowd. Is my believing stopped because I'm believing like the crowd? Do I see life from the lens because of what I've learned from the crowd? Because of the crowd, they could not get in. Because of the crowd, we haven't seen the power of God. Because of the crowd, we've settled for average. Because of the crowd, we haven't been walking in signs, wonders, and miracles. Because of the crowd, God Almighty is helping us get out of the crowd. What area... Are we allowing the crowd to dictate to us the way we think, what we see, what we believe in, what we walk in? And God is saying, I'm wanting you to walk in continual restoration in every single area of life. Now, no, think about this. The other day I was at the airport and I'm on the phone. And I'm, I'm on the phone and I see this crowd of people. I'm waiting at the baggage claim. And okay, they move, so I move. And I'm on the phone, you know. <laughs> sit there for a second, and then they move again, so I'll move again. Then I finally get off the phone, and I realize that wasn't even my crowd. (laughs) But how many times do we do what we do because of the crowd? We go to church, and we don't lift our hands because the crowd I grew up in didn't lift their hands. We go to church and don't you dare speak in other tongues because of the crowd I grew up in, they don't speak in other tongues. Because of the crowd. Because of the crowd. Where in my life am I following? Why am I thinking the way I'm thinking? Why am I believing the way I'm believing? Why am I talking the way I'm talking? Is it because of the crowd? Or am I willing to get out of the crowd and to get on the rooftop? Am I willing to open up the towel and let let the bed down? and, And what does the word say? And Jesus saw their faith. When I'm praising, can Jesus see my faith? When I'm praying, can Jesus see my faith? When I'm coming to church, can He see my faith? Or am I just parking my backside on a chair? Continual rest. Remember, the power of the Lord was present to heal every one of them. The power of the Lord is present for continual restoration to start in every single one of our lives. But I've got to get out of the crowd to do it. I've got to be willing to get beyond the way that I think and the way, beyond the way that I believe and get up on the rooftop and get out of the crowd. That's good. Listen to this in Mark chapter 5. You know this story. You know it's... You you can keep reading, and, and this cracks me up, you can keep reading uh, in Luke chapter 5, and it says when he got done, you know, telling the man to rise up and take his bed and go home, it says they saw strange things that day, <laughs> and it reminded me when, you know, Hayes was little, and, and him and Macy, I'd, I'd left the church, and I'd went to the house, and you know, as I'm going to the house and everything, and, you know, I drive down the road, and this guy's on his tractor, and he has this round bell and everything out, and he's waving, and I'm waving. I go to the house, and I do stuff for, you know, a good amount of time and everything, and it probably, I don't know, a good while later, I come driving back, and this guy, you know, he's doing his arms just like this, and he's just exhausted. I mean, just wore out, so I pull the truck around, and I run over there, and he's like, man, I killed one of my steers. I dropped the round bell on him. I've been trying to get it off. I can't get it off of him. Remember, they, and they saw strange things that day. And he said, oh, no, can you help me? You know, so we lifted the round bell up and everything. And this steer's tongue was hanging out and his eyes are all back in his head like this. And I'd been, I'd been meditating all morning long of the story where the uh, leper came to Jesus and said, if you're willing, will you make me whole? And Jesus said, if, if I'm willing, he said, I, I am willing. And I've been meditating on, I am willing all, all morning long. I'm willing. I'm willing. Because the Lord just spoke on the inside. He says, Trey, I'm more willing than people give me credit. I'm willing. I'm willing. I'm willing. I'm willing. I'm willing. I'm willing. I'm willing in your marriage. I'm willing in your business. I'm willing in your finance. I'm willing. I'm willing. I'm willing. I'm willing. And so this steer sitting there and his tongue hanging out, I roll back. And I've been meditating on the willingness of God. I said, I command you to live. And I step right on his, his uh, side right there. And this steer just sucks his tongue back in. And his eyes come back up and he gets up. <laughs> And he's doing this, and this guy's eyes are about this big around and everything. <laughs> and I looked at him, I said, is there anything else? <laughs> yeah, no, no. <laughs> <Just shut up. laughs> and they saw strange things that day. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But you know what was awesome is that just a short time after that, I got to lead that guy to the Lord yeah. and ended up doing his wedding. That's good. <laughs> the power of the Lord is present. Yeah. Don't, don't let that pass by us. For continual restoration to take place starting right now, even while we're sitting under the Word. You know, the Bible says that as we're sitting under the Word, that the Word is health and healing to all our flesh. It is the only thing on this planet that ministers spirit, soul, and body simultaneously. Psychologists don't minister spirit, soul, body. Doctors don't minister spirit, soul, body. But God's Word ministers spirit, soul, body. So while we're under the Word... It is manifesting healing in our physical body. For example, there's somebody here that you've had um, like a, I don't know if it's an infection or something like right up in your nasal cavity, like up inside your nose. It's not like, okay, I, I picked my nose and I scratched it. No, there's like something going on there. The anointing of God is saturating that area right now while I'm teaching this. So make sure that you, you receive continual restoration in your nasal passage right now. Say it, continual restoration is mine. Continual restoration is mine. Say it, continual restoration is mine. And I'll come back to you on that. Mark chapter 5, verse 25 through 29 verse 34 and there was a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years who had endured much suffering under the hands of many physicians and had spent all that she had was no better but instead grew worse she had heard the reports concerning Jesus and she came up behind him in the throng or the crowd and touched his garment for she kept saying so notice she kept pressing and she kept saying she kept pressing and she kept saying When God is is revealing to you and I what is to come, He's saying continual restoration is ours, but it's going to be up to you and I to get out of the crowd. It's going to be up to you and I to keep pressing and to keep saying continual restoration is mine. Say it, continual restoration is mine. Remember, frequently recurring, always happening, no interruption. God making it better, improving it, and multiplying our body right now. Somebody right now down the backside of where your kidneys are the anointing of God, who is that that you've been having issues with, with your kidneys? The back part of your back, just raise it right here. I'm telling you, the anointing of God is saturating that area of your back. Was there somebody else over here, right here? The anointing of God is saturating that area of your back right now, your kidney, your kidney areas. Amen. Father, I just thank you that continual restoration continues to manifest in their physical yes. body. Yes. Continual restoration is mine. Say, continual restoration is mine. Come on, say it like you mean it. Continual restoration is mine. She kept pressing and she kept saying, If only I touch his garment, I shall be restored to hell. Say it, restore. I shall be restored to hell, she kept saying. I kept, I kept pressing and kept saying, and because I kept pressing and kept saying, if I only touch his garment, I shall be restored. Continual restoration is mine. And immediately her flow of blood was dried up at the source, and suddenly she felt in her body that she was healed of her distressing ailment, and said to her... He said to her, Daughter, your faith, your trust and confidence in me, springing from faith in God, has restored you to health. Restored you to health. Go into peace and be continually healed and freed from your distress and bodily disease. Somebody that has been dealing with nerve damage. Nerve damage. Specifically, who is that nerve damage? Specifically in your feet. Here, any any nerve damage, any nerve damage, so right here, but feet. Nerve damage in feet, right here, there. Now, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I release the Word of God and the anointing of God into their feet. Right now, I command these nerves to come alive. And I release the anointing of God right now. Nerves, you listen to me. You submit to the anointing of God. And I declare the same power that raised Christ from the dead quickens our mortal body, every one of them, as a point of contact. Father, I just declare the anointing of God is saturating every nerve. Not just in feet, but every nerve. Every nerve, you come alive in Jesus' name. Nerve, kelemosho, brandi, itai, oh, mani, ha, ha. There's an individual here, and I see this is the way the service is gonna go tonight, so you just keep rolling with me. Uh, That you've been having sharp pains going right down this part of of your body. Who is that? Don't be shy, I'm telling you, the power of the Lord is present right here, right here. Place place your hands right there, place a hand right there. Okay, come on, church, stay with me, stay engaged. Now, right now, in Jesus' name, I command the nerves. Uh, to relax. I command the muscles to relax. I command whatever is out of alignment to come into alignment right now in the name that is above every name. I let you know you're illegally there, pain, and I drive you out of their body right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. How is it? Good? How, how is it? How is it? Good? 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 Come on. Can we give God praise, church? Thank you, Father. Stay with me, stay with me. And so she kept pressing. She kept saying, continual restoration is mine. Say, it, continual restoration is mine. Go back to Isaiah 42. This is why this is so important. And she goes on and she is continually restored. Isaiah 42, verse 9 again. Behold, the former things have come to pass, and new things I now declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. Continual restoration is mine. Say it, that's the new thing continual member, frequent recurring, no interruptions, always happening, always happening in my life. Say it's always happening in my life. And God's not all only bringing us back to our original. He's improving it, multiplying it, increasing it and making it better. That's making it better. We have a better covenant built upon better promises. So the same God that showed up for David, he does it better for us. The same God that shows up for Abraham, he does it better for us. The same God who showed up for Moses and Noah, he does it better for us. But in order for that to become a reality, we've got to have the guts enough to take ownership that that is God speaking to me. And if anybody's going to walk in continual restoration, it's going to be me. If anybody's going to walk in the power of God, it's going to be me. If anybody's going to know the way his heart beats. It's going to be me. Yeah. I'm going to press and I'm going to say, and I'll get on top of the roof if that's what I have to do, but he's going to see my faith. The word says his eyes are looking to and fro over the whole earth, looking for someone he can show himself strong on their behalf. And I want his eyes to stop right here. Come on, that's good, try. Yes. Continual restoration is mine. Say it. Continual restoration is mine. Isaiah 42, verse 13 and 14 in the Amplified Classic. It says, The Lord will go forth like a mighty man. He will rouse up his zealous indignation and vengeance like a warrior. He will cry, yes, he will shout aloud. He will do mightily against his enemies. Thus says the Lord, I for a long time have held my peace. I have been still and restrained myself. Now I will cry out like a woman in travail and I will gasp and pant. Together. I want you to picture what he's saying here. A- August the 29th of last year, I woke up. I was ministering at this church and I woke up out of, and I think I might even shared it on the panel last year, but I had this open eye vision and the Lord was reaching in the back and he was grabbing a bow you guys will appreciate this, grabbing a bow and he would shoot it, he'd release an arrow, the arrow would go through this chasm and it would light up with gold and then he would reach for another arrow and he would release it and it would light up with gold and he was just doing it and he was doing it on purpose. He was grabbing and he was releasing, grabbing and releasing, grabbing and releasing, grabbing and releasing and instantly in my heart I knew that we were the arrows. Psalms 127 it says, let, let me read it to you here just so you can get a picture of it. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. We are his children. And the arrows, notice back in that day, they didn't have the machines like we have today. They had arrows and they weren't perfectly straight. They were a little crooked like some of us have been in our past. (laughs) But they still pulled them out and they still shot them and they released them on purpose. And God is saying the anointing of God in in the shaft, it was glowing. It was like fire. And he said, that's the gift. That's the callings. And I'm looking for people who will allow me to send them into their sphere of influence and for them to explode and to take back what the enemy has stolen from them. So when he's saying, I'm a mighty warrior, it's time, church. It's time to develop our gifts, our callings, our assignment to be what we're supposed to be and doing what we're supposed to be doing. Not because that's what Tom, Dick, and Harry are doing. It's because that's what you are designed by God to do. It is what you are graced by God to do. It is what you are anointed by Almighty God to do. And who cares if you're a little crooked from your past? Welcome to the party. God is still using you to make a difference for the glory of God. And it's time for us to get off our backside and get in the game. Continual restoration is not just for us and our four and no more and our for. Continual restoration is to reach as many people as we can before Jesus comes back. Come on, that's good. Say it, continual restoration is mine. And, and for time's sake, I'll just summarize the rest of Isaiah 42. And he says this, this is the Lord speaking through the prophet Isaiah. He says, now, there's something new that I'm wanting to say. And I've, I've, I've dealt with the seers, people that see or say they can see, they say they can hear, but they're not hearing me. He says, there's people in bondage and people in holes and people that are bound up, but I need somebody that I can find that will say, restore. Verse 22 says, I'm looking for somebody that will say, restore. I'm looking for somebody who will see what I'm seeing, hear what I'm hearing and have the guts to say what I'm saying. I need them to go into the bondage place and say, restore, come out. Jesus has already set us free. I'm looking for somebody who will see and say, restore, say it, restore. Store. I'm looking for somebody who will see and say, I'm looking for somebody who will see your body whole, who will see your finances restored, who will see that business, who will see that dream, who will see it and say it, see it and say it. If you see it and say it, it gives God something to work with. What are you seeing and what are you saying? Man, that's good, Trey. Continual restoration is mine and no devil in hell is going to stop me from walking in it. Man you got to have some gumption about you. We've got to get to the point where we're fed up. He isn't big enough to stop us from doing what we're called and created to do. He's not big enough to hold us in the, where we're just crunched down and oh we'll just, we'll just get along with everybody. Quit that. Continual restoration is ours. And you're gifted for a purpose. You're wired for a purpose. You're anointed for a purpose. See yourself as that arrow in the Father's hand and He's releasing you specifically. When God placed that gift in you, He had other people on His mind. When He wired you the way you're wired, He had other people on His mind. It's not just for you. That dream that's on the inside of you that keeps talking to you, let it come alive. It doesn't matter what anybody else has said. That's good. Let's give ourselves permission to be the body of Christ. Yeah, Let's give ourselves permission to be the warriors on this planet that we're created to be. That's right. that's good. That's right. He says, I'm looking for somebody who will hear, see, and say. That's good. Say, that's me. That's really good. Job 22, verse 28 and the Amplified it says, you shall also decide and decree a thing and it shall be established for you and the light of God's favor shall shine upon your ways. You shall also decide and decree a thing. See, when I was born, my toes touched my heels on both feet like this and they'd have to go in and break all the bones in my feet several different times and they'd have to restructure them. And so there's all these incisions on the outside. See, an incision comes from the outside end, but a decision comes from the inside out. He says, when you decide that continual restoration is yours and you begin to decree it, he says it will be established unto you. But until you decide, you can play patty cake you can come to church. How you doing, brother? Oh, highly favored. I'm blessed. Highly favored. Oh yeah. Bless you, brother. No, no. When you decide that you're not going to be just a church goer, but you are the church. But when you decide you're really going to be a transformed believer, you know, there's a difference between a church goer and a transformed believer. Transformation doesn't take place just by information alone. Transformation takes place by application. Yeah. A transformed believer, track with me, thinks different than a churchgoer. Just a churchgoer. A transformed believer believes different. A transformed believer talks different. A transformed believer acts different. A transformed believer, the world is looking for a transformed believer. Yeah, that's right. yeah. But instead we come to church and, well, you know, I, I'd like, I'd like, you know, I'd like to climb that hill. What do you think I should do? pretty big hill, isn't it? I better rest. I better rest before climbing the hill. 30 years later, we're still sitting here. What do you think I should do? Get out of the crowd. That's what I think you should do. What do you think I should? Do? I think you should keep pressing and keep saying, what, what, I, what do you think I should do? I think you should decide and decree that continual restoration is mine. Well, have you seen my life? Now we do believe the Bible, right? Yeah. And it says that nothing is too hard for our God. Either I believe it or I don't. That's right. It's good. He says all things are possible to those who believe, either either I believe it or I don't. That's right, yeah. Decide. Yeah. From in here. It's good. And decree what God is saying. Proverbs 18, 20 and 21. A man's moral self shall be filled with the fruit of his mouth. Say his mouth. And with the consequence of his words, he must be satisfied whether good or evil. Death and life are in the power of the tongue and they who indulge in it shall eat the fruit of it for death or life. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Notice he's saying that a man's moral self shall be filled, not might be filled, shall be filled with the fruit of his mouth and with the consequence of his words. You know your words have more power upon this earth than anybody else's words. That's right. That's good. Now this is going to cause your brain to go tilt, but you know your words have more power in your life than even God's. Matthew chapter 10, verse 31, 32. Remember, Jesus says that when a man confesses Jesus here on the earth, it affects what Jesus confesses in heaven. He says, when you confess me here, I'll confess you there. But if a man denies me here, I will deny you there. Mm. So does what comes out of your mouth matter? Even though it's God's will for every person to be saved, right. does every person get saved? Why? Because not every person will believe in their heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and not every person will declare with their mouth, Jesus, you are my Lord. Does what you say matter? That's good. That's right. sure. See, we like a, a no responsibility Christianity. Come on. Come on. That's right. God said it, it'll just happen. not so. Yeah. That's good, right? I'm just going to leave that one there a while. <laughs> James, James chapter 3, listen to this. Our words matter. Verse 2, it says, For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in a horse's mouth that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body Look also at ships, although they are so large, are driven by fierce winds, and they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest the little fire kindles. Why why am I saying this? Your maturity is not determined by how long you've gone to church. That's right. That's good. A person's spiritual maturity can be monitored by what comes out of their mouth. Not just in church, but what comes out when the pressure's on. He says, if any man stumbles, we've all stumbled. If any man is perfect, it has to do with his words. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11, he says, When I was a child, I thought like a child, I spoke like a child, and I acted like a child. But when I became a mature man, I put childish ways behind me. Mm-hmm. And right here, James, the half-brother of Jesus, is saying, it's, it's just like whenever you want to turn a horse a certain direction, you use a bit. He said, or, he said, that small rudder on the ship, I want you to picture this. He's saying, it doesn't matter how intense the wind is or how intense the wave is. If they keep speaking what God says, it, that tongue is just like a rudder and it will turn. Not might turn, it will turn. It doesn't matter if it's a hurricane, it will, it will turn. It will turn. It will turn. And God is saying, I'm needing somebody who will see and say and hear restore. Continual restoration is mine. Decide and decree. He says, I don't care what your life looks like. You keep saying it, I'm going to keep turning. You keep saying, I'm going to keep turning. You keep saying, I'm going to keep turning. You keep saying, I'm going to keep turning. Somebody's guts are being healed right now. Like an intestinal, uh, the anointing of God is all, who is that that you've had issues with, with your stomach? Internal, intestine, here, put your hands right there. Father, right now, there's two more of you. There's two more of you. Don't you just sit there right here. Who's the other one? Right here. Put your hands right there. Father right now in the name of Jesus I say continual restoration is ours. Continual restoration is theirs in that stomach. Father I just ask you to recreate whatever needs to be recreated. If it's stomach lining recreate it. If it's, if it's the right amount of acids recreate it. Whatever needs to be recreated I speak peace to their stomach. Speak peace to their lining. Peace to their digestive system. Peace to their intestines right now and I call them healed and whole and I call them restored starting right now in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Say it. Continual restoration is mine. Acts chapter 3 verses 19 through 21. There's somebody here that you've been having severe pain that goes right up, right up your neck right there, like right to the back of your, your head. Who is that? Here, here, put your hand right here, here, put your hand right there. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I just command the pain to dissipate. You don't belong in that body. That is the temple of the Spirit of the living God. And I drive you out now in Jesus' name. I command the blood vessels to open up accurately, the right amount of blood to flow accurately. And I command the pain to be gone right now. Vertebrae, you listen to me. You open up. You have the right amount of spacing in the name of Jesus. Nerves, you release. Body, you let go of that nerve that's pinched it. That's put it in a, a mess. You relax and release in Jesus name. How is it? How is it Dave? Good. Who else? How is it? Good. How is it? Good. Is it? Good? No, right there. All right, put your hand right there. Put your hand right there. Continual Restoration. The word of God does not come back to me void. I send the word of God into his neck and I declare with every breath he breathes the healing power of God, minister to every organ, cell and tissue of his body and I call him healed and I call him whole right now in Jesus' name. Now every time if that thing, pain tries to pop up and talk to you, you talk back to it and you say continual restoration is mine. You hear me, Nick? Continual restoration is mine. Say it, church. Continual restoration is mine. Acts chapter 3, verse 19 through 21. Say it, continual restoration is mine. He says, so repent, change your mind and purpose, turn around and return to God, that your sins may be erased, blotted out, wiped clean, that times, not just one time, times... Of refreshing, of recovering from the effects of heat, of reviving with fresh air, may come from the presence of the Lord, and that He may send to you the Christ, the Messiah, who before was designated and appointed for you, even Jesus. Listen to this whom heaven must receive and retain until the time for the complete restoration of all that God spoke by the mouth of all His holy prophets for ages past, from the most ancient time in the memory of man. Jesus is being retained until God's people walk in complete restoration. Continual restoration is mine. This isn't something that I I wrote down a bunch of things on a a little piece of paper and I tore that and stuck it in a fishbowl and think, I think I'd like to teach this at the conference. What is God saying? Remember, He says, I'm going to announce it before I do it. And I'm looking for somebody who will see it and I'm looking for somebody who will say it. I'm looking for somebody who will hear it and I'm looking for somebody who will say it. Continual restoration is mine. Say it. Continual restoration is mine. Now notice what he says: Repent. Change your mind and purpose. turn around and return to God. That's always the answer, right? Always the answer: Run to God, even when we're the one that made the mess, right? Run to God. It don't matter if the devil started up, if you started up, run to God. That's always the answer. Say it, run to God. But see, we could just go home right now if that, that's just the answer. Run to God. And He says that your sins may be erased, blotted out, wiped clean, that times of refreshing. Refreshing means recovery of breath, revival, restore. That times of refreshing. If you're born again child of God, you qualify for times of refreshing, times of restoration, times of fresh breath. Times, times, continual, no interruption, always happening, God multiplying, improving it, making my life better. Say continual restoration is mine. mine. Of recovery from the effects of heat. Now, Now notice this, maybe you felt heat ...when it comes to your family. Maybe you felt heat from the enemy when it comes to you financially. Maybe you felt heat from addiction or porn or drugs or alcohol, whatever it is. Maybe you felt some heat. He says, it's time for recovery from the effects of heat. And he goes on to say of reviving with fresh air may come from the presence of the Lord. Reviving means to restore to life, regain life or strength or a new energy. Continual restoration is, is mine. I want you to bow your heads, close your eyes. We're not done, so don't get too happy. <laughs> but I sense that God is wanting to refresh He's wanting us to recover some things. He's wanting us to be revived in some areas. But notice how he says that turn around, return to God, repent, change your mind and purpose so your sins are erased and blotted out. And I have a sense there's individuals in here that you know what you're supposed to be doing, but you've let the shame and guilt that Pastor mentioned earlier hold you out of the presence of God and God is wanting a turnaround right now. God is wanting you and I, whoever that is, with heads bowed, eyes closed. If you know you're born again, you're saved, you know that you haven't been walking with God and you are here for a purpose and God is speaking to you about you getting your relationship with God right, I want you just to slip your hand up, heads bowed, eyes closed. There's hands all over the place. Now I want you to listen to me. Hands all over the place. You can put your hands down. I want you just to lift your hands to the Lord and I want to pray over you. Father, I I come to you with my friends, with my family. And Father, we're getting out of the crowd. And I just ask, as they've acknowledged that, Father, their life isn't the way that it needs to be. Right now, I want you to say this. All of us say this out loud together. Just say, Father, God, forgive me. And I receive your forgiveness. Father God, cleanse me and I receive your cleansing. Any way that I've been separated from you, I receive the cleansing power of the blood to reconnect, to be refreshed, to be revived, to be recovered, to be restored in Jesus' name. Now, Father, I I trust you. Say it, Father, I trust you. And according to your word, I'm forgiven, I'm cleansed, and I'm right. So I declare continual restoration is mine. Continual restoration is mine. Now, there's an individual here, individuals, there's, you've had issues in your esophagus that you, it's just like a pain that runs from your esophagus right down into your stomach area, like right through the lung area, your esophagus area, right down into your belly area. Who is that? Right here? Right here? Place your hand right here. Now, you listen to me. Fire! I just keep seeing like a a, a inflammation. I command you to dissipate right now in the name of Jesus and I command you to subside and go back into the normal size that you were created. Continual restoration is flowing up and down her esophagus right now, bringing peace and bringing wholeness. Uh, There's a coolness that's taking place and it's not starting from the top, it's starting from the bottom and it's working its way up and it's the anointing of God bringing continual restoration into that esophagus. Continual restoration is mine. Say that church, continual Restoration is mine. Thank you for it, Father. How is it? How is it? Good? Thank you, Father. Can we give the Lord praise? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Stay with me. Stay with me. Don't disengage. Where else are you going to be? Right? Stay with me. Stay with me. We're not going to go much longer. We'll be out before morning. <laughs> Psalms 126. So, so we just saw that Jesus is being retained until complete restoration of all things. Notice it says since the memory of man. Hmm. That's a lot of restoring that has to take place in our bodies, our life, our families, what we're called and created to do. Listen to this. Psalms 126 verses 1 through 4. So if I believe that Jesus' coming is near, how many of you believe Jesus' coming is near? Okay, 10 of you. Well, the rest of you, stick around. You'll get on board. <laughs> If if Jesus' coming is near, then his restoration is near. Ooh, yeah. Continual restoration is mine. Continual restoration is mine. I'm asking the Holy Spirit to show you those spheres of influence and that a tenacity and a hunger rises up on the inside of us that I will not stop until I'm walking in the fullness of what God has called and created me to be. Continual restoration is mine. Every person in here, we go everywhere we're created to go. We do everything we're created to do, all for the glory of God. But we have to decide in here, continual restoration is mine. Not only in my life, I'm going back to what I know. Satan has stole from my mom and dad and grandma and grandpa. Joel says, I will restore the years that the locust has has eaten. Years. Not the day. Years. Say it. Years. Years. Psalms 126, verses 1 through 4. When the Lord brought back the captives who returned, there it is again, returned to Zion... We were like those who dream. It seemed so unreal. Then then were our mouths filled with laughter and our tongues with singing. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. Turn to freedom our captivity and restore our fortunes, O Lord, as the streams in the south, the Nejib, are restored by the torrents. Notice what he's saying here. When the Lord brought back the captives who returned to Zion, at some point in time, each and every one of us were separated from God. And we were brought back into the family of God through Jesus Christ. Amen? When the Lord brought back the captives, we were like those who dream. It seems so unreal. We were like those who dream. I want you to listen and hear right now. We were like those who dream. Notice it says he's always pointing to returning. He's always pointing to going back to the Lord, going back to the presence of God. When you and I are in the presence of God, when you come to church, and I know what's taught in this church, you remember the times, how many times has God spoken to you and the real you came alive? where you begin to dream, you begin to see yourself healed, you begin to see yourself whole. When we return to the presence of God, it says we were like those who dreamed. It seems so unreal because you're not seeing with your eyeballs. You look through your eyes, but you see from your heart. But a lot of times we let what we look at talk us out of what we see. But when we return and we're in the presence of God, we start to see from the real us. We start to dream again. We start to live again. We start to see God showing up. We start to see angels going from the north, south, east. We start to see continual restoration. When we return back to the presence of God, you begin to dream. How long has it been since you've dreamed? How long has it been since you've let The real you just come alive and your mind go. And if money was no option, what would I do? And if I could not fail, what would I step out to try to accomplish? When I return back, not play church, when I return back and I'm after the heart of God, I begin to dream. It seems so unreal. When I was in that upside down horse trailer, are you kidding me? I had no idea I would be teaching leadership to to leaders of countries. Just a few months ago, I was in the Dominican Republic, and I would sit there and I'd be in the Supreme Court in the morning, I'd be at Congress at night, and I'm teaching leaders of country, and I'm thinking on this side, Lord, this is me. <laughs> I know, and you know where we've came from. Yeah. <laughs> and I sit in boardrooms, and these people have more letters than my name is spelled behind their names and in front of their names, and they're paying me. Yeah. See, when we come into the presence of God, how long How long has it been since you've dreamed? Yeah. How long has it been since you've let the, let the real you come alive? Because what we do a lot of times, we get in the presence of God and we have this idea that comes to us from God And we look at the ideal and then we look at the natural. And we look back at the ideal and we look at the natural. And we look back at the ideal and we look at the natural. And we let what we see in the natural talk us out of what God himself imparted to us. Instead of looking at the dream and looking at God. And looking at the dream and looking at God. And looking at the dream and looking at God. Don't allow the dream to be so, so intimidating that you let what you see talk you out of doing what God has birthed you to do. Look back at the God who gave it to you and stay there till it becomes so big that you don't let what you look at out here talk you out of what you see and hear because we're designed to go where we see, but you got to see. Yeah, it's good. And God has said, I'm looking for somebody who will see and say, see and hear and say, can you see continual restoration? It's good. It says, when I returned back, it was like a dream. It became so unreal. And he goes on to say, and, and I don't know there's, there's all kinds of stuff we could pull out of this right here. But notice how he says, Then were our mouths filled with laughter, and our tongues with singing. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. When we come into the family of God, we, we see and we hear about what all God does and everything. And we think, oh, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord's done great things for pastor. That's pastor. The Lord has done great things for them. He says, but there's a shift. Then you get to the point because you see it, you're hearing it, you're saying it, and you're like dreaming. He says, then you take ownership. The Lord has done great things for me. Not only is God going to show up for you, he's going to show up for me. Not only is God the same God who parted the Red Sea is the same God that I know. It's the same God that's in you. Not only does God do great things for them, but for me, say it for me. Continual restoration is mine. God does that for me right now when I'm breathing. I'm inhaling, exhaling. Continual restoration is taking place with every cell and fiber of my being in the name of Jesus. Continual restoration is mine. Say it, it's mine. It's mine. It's mine. It's mine. Not, not just the Lord has done great things for them, for me. Maybe you've never seen God do. I was teaching on great is who God is. Great things is what he does. And this girl comes in and she walks up to the platform and she has her, like her head's lopsided. And she says, you know, I had this wreck and I ran into the telephone pole and the doctors wouldn't pull it out because it shoved into my skull and they, it was too close to my brain. Do you, do you, would you pray? I said, you better believe I'll pray. I've been teaching on great is who God is, great things is what He does. And whether you believe this or not, I, that's between you and God. I put my hand on this lady's head and right underneath my hand, David, I felt the wood dissipate. Mm. And her head just goes whoosh. Right back down to normal size. Yeah, give God praise. Yeah. Continual restoration is mine. Continual restoration is mine. Not just the Lord does great things for him, but say it, he does great things for me. We, 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 it's important that we get it in our heart, we get it on our mind, we get it coming out of our mouth. Continual restoration is mine. Say it, it's mine. Continual restoration is mine. And don't you let go of that. Don't you let go of that. And he goes on to say, the Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. Turn to freedom, our captivity. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, as the streams in the south, the Negeb." are restored by torrents. So what was happening here is this was a real dry, desolate area place. And when the torrents from Najib would come down, it would just make them blossom. They'd grow, they'd be prosperous, they'd be productive. And the psalmist is praying, God, I'm asking you to bring restoration to the point that the dead areas come alive. That the areas that have not been producing, they start producing. And I'm praying the same thing for you. That God, you restore those areas that have been dormant. You restore those areas that have been dry. You restore those body parts that have not been working the way they're supposed to work. They come alive tonight in the name of Jesus. Continual restoration is mine. Say it, continual restoration is mine. Relationships that have gone south and you think there's no hope. There's no way that God can restore things. Continual restoration. Restoration is taking place right now in the name of Jesus. But remember, we've got to take ownership of it. Continual restoration is mine. That dream that you have, continual restoration is yours. Continual restoration is mine. Say it. Continual restoration is mine. It's mine. It's mine. Joshua chapter 5, verse 9. And the Lord said, this is after, uh, you know, the parents had died off in the wilderness. And the kids that were 20 years and under, they're going over to the promised land because their parents didn't have the guts to obey God and to do what God told them to do. And this is what God tells them. He says, the Lord said to Joshua, this day, this is the today conference, this day. Have I rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you? So the name of this place is called Gilgal, rolling to this day. This day have I rolled away the reproach of Egypt. This day. Yeah. This day. What he was saying is, you, you know, when pressure would come on, your parents would want to go back. They would want to go back to the way they used to think. They'd want to go back to the way the crowd was. They would dream about the leeks and the cucumbers and the melons and, oh, why would you bring us out here to die? And then God would show up and then they would complain again and God would show up and they'd complain again. And God was saying, today, I'm rolling away that old identity that you have of of thinking the way Aunt Boo Boo and Uncle Ding Dong thought. You're getting out of the crowd. And today's the day. (laughs) Today's the day you're going to start seeing yourself no longer under bondage, no longer a slave, no longer making straw, no longer defeated, no longer underneath, no longer bound up, no longer today. I'm rolling away that image that you've had of yourself, and I want you to start seeing continual restoration is mine starting right now today. Remember, Remember when Moses... Uh, when it, whenever he made a decision, I'm no longer going to be addressed as uh, the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He was throwing off his old identity because he was saying, God, I'm all in. Yeah. We can be as far in as we choose to be. We can be as far in as we choose to be. A lot of times, you see this crack right here? We come out of the kingdom of darkness and we say we're coming into the kingdom of Jesus Christ and we are, but then we want to live with one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom. One foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom. And we just play. We see how much hell I can live in and still know I'm going to heaven. And we look like we're going for the Heisman Trophy right here. Just coming in and out. No, no, I'm going to get so far in that I have to work at remembering what I used to be like. I don't want to forget where I come from, but I'm going to go so far in, I'm going to experience everything all for the glory of God. Yeah. Continual restoration is mine. Yeah. Remember, Bartimaeus, blind Bartimaeus, in, in Mark chapter 10, and he's sitting out there, and it says that Jesus and his disciples and this whole crowd that were coming outside of Jericho, and then blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, heard that it was Jesus. And he's sitting here, and he heard that it was Jesus. Big crowd. Everybody going here, doing this, talking about Jesus. And he began to call out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And everybody else said, well, you better not say that continual restoration stuff. Are you kidding me? Shh, be quiet. And the Bible says that he began to say it louder. Jesus, yeah. son of David, have mercy upon me. And out of the whole crowd, the Bible says Jesus stopped. And said, call him. Yeah, him out of everybody else. Why did he call him? Yeah. Why? Why would he call you to do what you're called and created to do? Because he knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. And you have what it takes to be everything that you're supposed to be, all for the glory of God. Yeah. But do you do you have it from in here? Are you deciding in here? Jesus! Yeah. No matter what anybody else is saying, Son of David have mercy on me. And when Jesus called him, what did he do? He threw off his garment and he began to go towards Jesus. And Jesus says, take courage, take courage, take courage. Take courage. He says, what is it that you want me to do? He says, that I might receive my sight. See, he threw off that garment, identified him as a beggar, as a blind person. He would be in that condition all the days of his life. But he made a decision. If he's calling anybody, he's calling me. If anybody's going to get up, it's going to be me. If anybody's going to see and hear and declare and walk in it, it's going to be me. I don't care what you're doing, but I'm all in. Come on, that's good. Continual restoration. Is mine. Three of you. Continual restoration, say it with me, is mine. Continual restoration is mine. Continual restoration is mine. But it's important that we we keep it on our mind. It's important that we keep it in our heart. It's important that we keep it coming out of our mouth. It's important every day I'm going to make a decision. I've got to make a decision until it just becomes a part of who I am. I got to make a decision out of the abundance of the heart. The mouth's going to speak. I'm going to look at my horses. I'm going to look at my bank accounts. I'm going to look at my businesses. I'm going to look at my investment. I'm going to look at everything that I have, and I'm going to begin to declare. Because remember, God's looking for somebody who will see, hear, and say. And He's found Him. Right? Put your hand up right here. You found us, Lord. I want to pray over you. Father, I love you so much. I'm thankful. Father I'm thankful that we're ready or you wouldn't want us to be sharing this. We're ready. We're ready, Father. We're we're ready regardless of our past. Father, we throw off the past. That's no longer who we are. We are we're cleansed by the blood. We are overcomers, we are sons and daughters of the most high God and we declare continual restoration is ours. It's, it's ours. Financially, physically, emotionally, mentally, continual restoration is mine. Continual restoration. Father, I release the anointing of God into every single home, every single business, every single body part here, and I declare continual restoration all for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Did you get something out of the Word tonight? <laughs> Would you give God praise, Pastor David?